Hey there, and welcome to Process, a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking to my longtime friend, Consuelo Reinitz. Consuelo spent the last seven years in advertising, but then her career took a very unexpected twist for the creative. And that's why I've asked Consuelo to come on the show today and talk to us a little bit about Pink Fries Papery, her Etsy shop. Now, Consuelo had a baby about eight or nine months ago. His name is Lucas. And she decided about a month later after he was born that she wanted to watercolor. I had never experienced this side of Consuelo. It, for me, personally, it came out of nowhere. Apparently, she shares later in this episode that it came out of nowhere for her, too. I want to ask Consuelo about what it's like to run an Etsy shop, to explore her creativity, and do all of this when she's got an infant at home. Let's get to it. Consuelo, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Marcela. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're working on these days. So I am a mother to one. I mean, I, I want to mention that I don't want to put myself into the category of just being a stay-at-home mom, but I mentioned that because it's the time where I started thinking I needed to do something that was just for myself because so much of my time is spent thinking about my son. So that's how I started Pink Fries. It was about six months ago. My son and I are at home all the time. And, you know, the first few months of having a young child, you you don't really get out a lot, especially when they're, they're, you know, within the first three months of their lives. So I decided that I needed to do something that was for me and that was for my own growth, my spiritual growth, my, you know, peace of mind. So I started working on some, you know, small watercolor projects. I, I did his thank you cards to send to people who had sent us gifts And then slowly I expanded into buying myself a larger watercolor pad, bigger canvas, more paints. So what I do is, is mostly watercolor. Lately, I've been experimenting a little bit more with some black ink pens where I do some illustration and incorporate color into that, as well as some pencil sketches. And it's been fun. I've been growing and I've been learning and I've been trying to create, you know, different types of things, more of a variety of things. I specialize in stationery, but I've also been doing some custom work, some portraits of families. I, you know, I start always with my own family and then I've done a few things for some family and friends and even some invitation work for weddings and baptism. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun and I hope to keep growing and not just staying in what I'm comfortable. So your son, Lucas, is how old now? He's eight and a half months. And you've been working on your watercolors and pink fries papery, which is on Etsy, correct? Yes, it's on Etsy. It's, it's a Etsy shop. And I also have an Instagram account where I showcase a lot of the work that I'm doing. Awesome. So how long, how long ago did you start the beginning, you know, explorations with watercolors? It was just, just when he was born. So maybe if he's eight and a half months, maybe about seven months ago. It, it's something that I always thought that I'd enjoy doing, but I had never tried for some reason. And I'm curious about this because I'm side note to everybody listening. Consuelo and I have been friends for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know this side of you. The artistic side is kind of a huge surprise um, to me. So to everybody, to, even I, to me, yeah. everybody. Where, how did that, how did that come about? Tell me a little bit about that. 
Well, I I will say I've always had a, like a specific love for for stationery and for for not really drawing and sketching, but I've had a side of me that I hadn't really explored, but that I've always known was there. I mean, I think the only time that I had a little bit of exploration of any type of painting or creative work was when I was in high school and I had art class and they asked you to do it, but I loved it so much. But I just thought it was just, oh, this is just something that I do here. And I didn't really think about any expanding it in any way or making it anything, you know, even for myself. So it's something I've had in the back of my mind. I've actually always been an avid Etsy shopper. I bought, you know, I've been on, on the site for a long time as a shopper and I've purchased things for my wedding, for bachelorette party, you know, for the typical type of things where people think about Etsy, although they've expanded and they're so much more available now. So when, you know, when we got pregnant, my husband and I decided that I would be a stay at home. Mom. Well, I, wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and he thankfully agreed and I would joke like oh I'm gonna have my own little Etsy shop and it was a joke that I in my heart wanted it to become a serious thing but I never I just I just never tried the watercolor stuff and then it was just inside of me I guess I thought of it like in a chronological way okay once I start having time at home this will be my own little side project so it's something I guess that I, I knew lived inside of me, but I hadn't really explored. And it's my whole, my mom, my grandmother on my mom's side, they're very hand, they're very crafty. So I've always sort of had that around me. So it just felt natural, you know, to just try to start doing it once I had a little bit more time at home. And where did the watercolor specifically come from versus acrylic paint? I mean, any any other kind of creative exploration? What drew you to watercolor? I like the idea of delicate, like um, more delicate type of tones. I feel like acrylic or oils or whatever, you know, I don't really know the all the variety, but they're just heavier. And I like the idea of having something that was a little bit lighter that I could play with mixing the colors. I also thought, you know, I think about children work too. Like there's things that I want to do in, in the baby area. So having some stationary and things for my son and, you know, so I thought watercolor was a good way to do that, but that's really what it was. It just felt like something that was a little bit more delicate and lighter than, than acrylics or oils. So you launched the Etsy shop disclaimer. I was one of your first customers. <laughs> Yes, and I, and I love the the Christmas cards. Where did you find the time with you know a young baby? Very very. I mean, six. You. I remember you t talking to me about printing problems and stuff like that, or trying to figure mm. out the process. He must have been like six months at the time. How do you find the time to do the creative side and then the production side and the marketing side when you're at home with Lucas? Oh my God. So it's all done. First of all, this is all done on my kitchen table. All of it. Literally, I have the printer, my computer, and I have, you know, a paper cutter. It's all laid out on my kitchen table. So it's really done in small pockets of time that I have where Lucas is either sleeping. I mean, the best, the best things happen or the most productive things happen when he's asleep. Like but sometimes right like, like right now. Yeah. Sometimes he's awake, but if he's in a happy place where he's content playing on his own, I can sit near him and just 
do a little work. Most of the time, if he's doing that, then it would be something on the computer, which is the production side. So for the production, I have to say my husband was a huge help uh, at the beginning. So yeah, I, I thought it was so easy to transfer watercolors into a digital file and then print it and it would look exactly like the watercolor painting. And it was a very frustrating discovery when that didn't happen. There's a lot of you know, Photoshop work that needs to happen to make sure that the tones are, are, you know, that they look similar to the original painting or that they're as close as possible to the original painting because there's a little bit of darkness that happens when you transfer it from the actual watercolor paper into the computer. And then the printer, you know, it was awesome because I did reach out to some Etsy sellers that I admire and I asked, you know, what do you do to to produce, which was an idea my husband gave me. I'm terrible at reaching out for help. I'm like, it's, I'm embarrassed. I think that they're going to be like, why are you asking me this? You silly person. But he was like, you should do it. Just ask them what's the worst that can happen. And I did. And, you know, one of them responded with a lot of helpful information. I ended up buying the printer she recommended and paper was then the other part of it. I went into a lot of, of trial and error but we ended up coming out with the product that I'm happy with. And now the production is a lot easier, but there was a lot of, you know, legwork that happened. Kind of a steep learning curve, I bet. And then you do originals as well. I mean, I have uh, yes. a beautiful, I, I, would, I know if I should call it poem, movie quote, what? In my, <laughs> in, in my baby's room, it says, you are smart, you is kind, you is important. And if anybody can recognize that, we'd be friends. So how do you find the time to do that? So that stuff like that, I have to do when my husband's home so that if anything happens with Lucas, if he needs, you know, us in any way that he's around to help me. So stuff like that, I usually do over the weekends. And we are homebodies. We're home all the time. Weekends are for relaxing and for spending time together. So we have kind of a nice routine going. My husband loves going to the gym. So what we end up doing a lot of the time is, you know, mornings he goes to the gym and then during sort of the middle of the day is when I get most of this work done when he's playing with Lucas or you know if Lucas is taking a long nap I start the work as well it's really you know I've discovered that I'm a good multitasker and that I'm able to sort of do this and then if if needed leave it for a little bit make the food because I, I, you know, I'm very busy. I'm a stay at home mom. I also, you know, make dinner for my family. I clean the house for my family. I do laundry for my family. I bathe my son. I make sure he's eating and playing and, you know, we take walks outside. So I, I have a very, very full day. So it really happens whenever I have a moment. Sometimes I, you know, if I'm working on something like what I did for you, I'll do the, the, the words first, and maybe I'll do that within a half hour that I have, and then I'll add the illustration later. So it really, it's, it's something that happens over, over time. But it's still at the point where, I mean, maybe this is just me personally, but sometimes when I'm working on a project, I'll be very excited at the outset. Like I'm super into, you know, multitasking and in your case, let's say painting and the printing. And then sometimes I just get fed up after a little while of being so busy of, uh, has it gotten to that point with you or how are you managing that when it becomes stressful? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the work that I've gotten, I've had a good amount since I launched my, my Etsy shop. Thank you to all my family. It's really been family and friends who have 
purchased things and it makes me feel it has made me feel really really happy that you know people are enjoying the work that I'm doing but there was you know when I think that moment of frustration happened more when I started the production process and learning about all of that, because I was literally obsessed with it. I mean, I couldn't sleep thinking about it. I would wake up the first thing I would want to do because I'd go to bed thinking about an idea of maybe I should use this other paper and change the thing in Photoshop like this. I would wake up and try another print. I actually, at that time, I had to just take a day where I was, I need a break where I was like, I'm not going to look at anything. I'm just going to spend time with my son I'm just going to, you know, because my first job is to take care of him and I'm happy doing that. And I need to remember that when I started this pink fries, it was an outlet for my creative expression. It wasn't, doesn't have to be intense. I can make it as intense as I want it to be. So since I've made that decision, it's been a lot more easygoing and I realized I don't need to I don't need to stress myself out as hard as I was doing. And I'm also learning because I've always worked in an office where the schedule was made for me. And, you know, I'm learning what I can handle when I'm doing the schedule for myself. You know what I mean? How, how, I mean, uh, maybe that's, it'd be interesting to talk about that switch between, you know, you were in advertising for how long? For seven. Well, in New York for six and a half years in Nicaragua, where I, you know, lived right after college, I had, I worked in an advertising agency there for a year. So I guess in total advertising itself was about seven and a half years. And before that I worked in the sales department at Delta Airlines in Nicaragua for about two years. Do you miss the office environment? I miss working with other people. I don't really miss what I did. I I think by the end of my, you know, by the end of my career of work, well, not my career, because who knows what's going to happen in the future. But by the end of that job at, which was at Razorfish that I was there for six and a half years, I had, I just realized, you know, this isn't something that I can see myself doing for the rest of my life. This is not really like I, I saw my grow, my growth path. I saw the journey that I would take, you know, I grew a lot in that job. I I started, you know, as an account executive and I ended up as a supervisor managing a team. And I just saw, I was like, this is not something that I want to do. So I knew I had been thinking a lot about it when I, when I had my son, you know, okay, I think that what I want to do is stay with him. But I also, It's interesting because on the weekends, I used to just sleep in or whatever. I used to not want to do anything. And I thought that that meant that I was a lazy person. And what I've realized is I'm not lazy at all. I actually have a lot of energy and I have a lot of passion, but it has to be something that I, that I want to be doing. (laughs) Because if it's not, then, you know, obviously I'm just going to opt to lay around and not do anything. So my weekends now are just, I don't really just sit, you know? I do when I realize I need a break and that's okay too, but I just love everything that I'm doing right now. So I have very full days. Yeah. I I find that 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 kind of was the concept behind my, that site that I had, the perpetual vacation, which is like, you know, a Saturday or a Sunday kind of feels like a Monday. Obviously for you, it's a little different because on Saturday and Sunday you have an extra pair of hands with Aaron, Yeah, which is amazing, but the extra pair of hands can be really useful for creativity. But but I do feel the same way. Sometimes it 
that feeling of I'm enjoying myself so much that I don't mind that it's Saturday and I'm and I'm writing, it eludes me a little. Uh, and then I have to sit back and think to myself, what what's going on right now? Why am I not enjoying this anymore? With you right now, I saw on Instagram. Everybody should. What, can you share the the handle for Instagram? Yeah, it's at uh, Pink Fries Papery, all one word. Okay, so. I saw on your Pink Fries account that you're working on some new designs and stuff like that. Is that something that you just felt like how often do you get inspired with, with new designs or new images that you want to create? So I think I'm still trying to find my, my unique voice, my unique expression. Like I feel right now I'm what I'm doing a lot of is just, you know, following a lot of, other artists that I love their work on Instagram and on other channels, mostly on Instagram, honestly. And I, it's not that I copy what they're doing, but I try like, okay, you know what? There's people doing portraits. I didn't know that that existed. Like before I started doing this, I had no idea that people actually had custom portraits made of their family or, you know, of them and a friend or whatever in watercolor and sketch. And I thought, Oh my God, that's beautiful. I want to try to do that. And I'm, I'm sort of testing my boundaries and seeing what, obviously there's days where I'm working on something and I hate what comes out where I'm like, what is this? This is not cute. <laughs> this is not pretty. What is going on? Why can I make this happen? So I'm trying to find what I enjoy doing. And I'm also more skilled at that actually, you know, that people would enjoy. And I'm trying to remember too, like, this isn't just about selling it on Etsy. Like this is about me and my journey and what I'm enjoying. So um, inspiration is daily. I mean, every day I'm thinking about new things that I want to try, but it's a lot like I'm just, I'm trying to release uh, uh, that or trying to get out of that fearful, you know, headspace where I, you know, there's always that little voice that's like, you're not good enough. You're not doing it the way that these other artists are doing it. You're not a real artist. You didn't go to school. You didn't do any of those things. So I have to really push that away and just try new things and say, you know what? It's okay. If I don't like it, nothing has to happen with it. You know, I can just throw it away. I can put it away. I don't ha it doesn't have to become something. Right. There's a book that I, that I read a while ago. It's called, um, steal like an artist. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. So it's, it's by Austin Kleon and what he basically, the whole premise of the book is that everybody copies to a certain extent because there, there wouldn't be innovation if there were not, if there wasn't a source where you could copy a little bit from it and then change it your own way. And he goes through all these examples in the, you know, back to Albert Einstein, like all these different people who did this similar things who were inspired by others. And he says yeah. that that's absolutely natural and part of the creative process and that we shouldn't feel ashamed of being inspired by somebody else's work or pulling a little bit from somebody else's work here and somebody else's there and then transforming it into, oh, this is when you put it together and then I add my own flavor. This is what it looks like. And then over time, it becomes more your own flavor and less anybody else's. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? So yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely, it made me feel a lot better about what I do. <laughs> when I read that book. Well, I mean, I, it's interesting because, you know, I started doing this, you know, what, six months ago and already it's changed so much for me. So like, I, I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm getting more comfortable with things, where I'm, where I'm realizing what I enjoy more. And it's, it's funny because I'm married to somebody who is 
creative, who is a musician. And I always thought that he in our, you know, in our family, he was the one who was the creative one. And even he's been like blown away by this. He's like, I didn't know that you could do any of this. And, you know, I didn't know either, but he was very helpful because I did tell him, you know, I don't like that. I'm just sort of copying what other people are doing. And he said exactly what you're saying. You know, this is normal, natural. You're gonna, if you keep just practicing, if you keep doing it, if you keep trying new things, you're going to eventually get to the point where it's something that's more yours. But right now, you know, this is, you're starting your journey. And that was really helpful and something that really made me feel better. Because yeah, I, I was like, oh my God, I'm just a copycat. And if any of these people see my Instagram, they're going to be like, who is this loser copycat person? <laughs> if but, they do, I, I like yours better. So whatever's. Oh, thank you. Pookie. So tell me a little bit, let's talk a little bit about uh, sales so or marketing. How mm -hmm. has that process felt like? Um, because I feel like you're not taking the typical like push, push, push approach to sales. You're not like, how much money can I make from this? And, and I think that's coming across very positively in your Instagram account or even mm -hmm. like how you post it on your Facebook and you're just like, look, this is what I made. I love yeah. you all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to like, you know what? It's, it's, I'm very grateful and happy to say that this, you know, my livelihood is not dependent on this. So it's not like, oh my God, if I don't make these many sales, then, you know, I don't have to, then I'm screwed. I, so it's been a gentle sort of growth in that in that sense. I have to say working at Razorfish was a huge help for me in the marketing department because for the last three years of my job there, I was mainly doing social media. So I learned, you know, it doesn't really help when you're just pushing, pushing, pushing sales. It's like people like to see, especially on Instagram, which is where a lot of small Um, businesses do most of their advertising. They like the lifestyle type of imagery. They like light pictures. They like things that, you know, they don't like people that are just like, buy this, buy this, buy this, because it's just, you know, it's saturated everywhere, just too much in their face. So that's where sort of my social media, you know, advertising push has, has come from. Yeah, well... I, I just, I'm trying to do that because one of the biggest things that I learned was that the image that you use has to be a thumb stopper. You know, it has to, when people are going through, they have so much stuff, especially now on Instagram with that there's so many ads. They have to want to stop and look at what you're doing. And if the picture is not a clean, bright, you know, nice image, then they're not going to stop. They're not going to look at it. The I, other I like thing, that, that, that thumb stopper. Yeah, I mean, that was a huge thing that my client used to stay. And it was, my client was Citibank. So, you know, they don't exactly have the most fun lifestyle type of product. What are you talking about? I love their Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it was challenging for the art director and the, the creative team to come up with things that were like that. But, you know, they would and it, it worked. So that was sort of something that I think about. And then the other thing that I actually had to really, that has been my biggest help right now in getting some followers that aren't just people I know is the hashtag usage. So trying to get hashtags that have larger amount of posts, because a lot of people that are, you know, really into 
social media click on those and then they end up following accounts that they like. So that has been that actually in sales, something interesting that I'm doing that I didn't know existed is that there are Etsy curators on Instagram. So there's, you know, I think they're either one person or a group of people who start an account and then they go searching on Etsy, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever, for Etsy sellers that have, you know, nice, interesting products that they want to showcase. And some of these curators on Instagram have up to 100,000 followers. So it's like a big, you know, a big deal for somebody who wants to get their product a little bit more out there. And I actually have a few features coming up, uh, one in January and two in February with these curators. So I'm, you know, that's, you know, also why I've been adding new things to my Etsy shop so that there's more variety. So I'm, you know, this is just something I'm trying to see if it helps to see if I get some followers on Instagram and if I get some sales. So um, that's, it's my first big sort of push outside of my own social networks to get my, you know, to get my products out there and try to get some new eyes on them. So do you do the thing on Instagram that I do where my, I post something and then my first comment is a bunch of hashtags and then I text all my friends, can you comment so my hashtags disappear? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? So I discovered how, so I didn't know how to do in Instagram, how to write a paragraph and then have the hashtags beneath the paragraph. And I read up, you know, I Googled it, I searched it up. So I, now I write my captions in my notes before and then I post them in Instagram because Instagram itself doesn't allow you to do that. But I write my captions in my notes on my phone before I put them on Instagram so that they can be sort of two separate things so that the hashtags aren't the first thing that people see. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. And it now Instagram hides like the anything below the first three lines. Yeah, because it's annoying. I'm, I'm not a fan of long captions, which is really Why? hard. So, I okay. love reading like, oh, I, I follow so many moms on Instagram and I literally love when it's a paragraph and I'm, and everything they write is so beautiful and like insightful. The other uh, day I read one about like the difference between correction and connection with your kids and disciplining them. And it literally like changed my outlook. And I'm like, what if she had just written like, look, a picture of us in the forest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, know? you know what? I, this is something I think about a lot because a lot of the people that I like on Instagram that I follow are also that way. But I, I'm a person who, for some reason, I don't know if it's because I'm stubborn or what, but I just, when I read it, when I see that it's long, I'm like, ugh, ugh, you know, like that's my instinct. And I think sometimes it's because it might be the moment that I'm in, but I don't always have time to read that. Um, or I feel like I don't have time. If you, if I have, you know, five minutes to look through my Instagram, I don't want to spend two of those five minutes reading this long thing. Yeah. So then because that's been my belief for such a long time, and I'm like that with everything. I'm like that with emails. I'm like that with, you know, somebody sometimes send like group chats and they send these like, oh, look, read this whole long thing that you have to send all your friends or whatever. I've always that's always bothered me. So I'm sort of living right now. I'm like, well, I'm going to execute what I believe. But at the same time, if I'm trying to be sort of a lifestyle brand, not just selling my things, then I need to, I need to share about myself. 
And I know that I need to be vulnerable with this audience and I need to share about myself. And that can only happen if you write longer than two lines. So I think about this a lot. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I feel right now, honestly, it's been a little bit embarrassing just because my following isn't huge. So I feel like who's reading this anyway, Welcome which is the wrong life. way to think, which is the wrong way to think because I don't know these people that I follow that have these long, that have these huge, you know, followings, they seem not to care. Who knows? In my, that might be just the way, you know, we don't know what they're thinking or feeling, but I always think, you know what? They're an inspiration. Like I should do what they're doing. I should just share what's going on with me and share what I'm feeling and share what I'm thinking and share my opinions. And because that's really how people relate. And when people relate, that's when they want to continue the journey with you. And that's what I want. You know, so somebody that was a friend of mine who was on the podcast a few episodes ago, and I'll look up which number it was, Caroline Kelso, she, we talked about this a little bit during the episode, but she also recently started posting, she's experimenting with acrylics and then putting hand lettering on top of it. And Mm. one of her recent posts was, you are not your likes. And so she writes long captions. And we talk about this in the episode, how like some people will make fun of her long captions, especially not people online, people she knows personally, like high school friends will be like, oh my God, you with your Instagram captions. And she's like, well, you know what? Then don't follow me. Like, it's fine. I have, I don't know how many other thousand people. High school, man. High school. Hey, we're high school and we're tight. But I know, I know we're the exception though. We are I the exception, like. not the rule, but, yeah. but definitely, definitely she writes in this post, which I'll link in the show notes, you know, you are not your likes and this whole thing about how sometimes it gets to her or how sometimes she'll like wake up in the morning and the first thing she'll do is, is check her Instagram. And then she has to consciously be like, don't do that. It doesn't matter if you got one like or however many, and I, I want to kill her because she gets a lot, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm going to link that in the show notes. So I think yeah. you're definitely not the only one, but at the same time, I feel like it's like the chicken and the egg. Do you write more and get more connection and like that people get more attached to you and more followers or do you wait till you have more followers? I'm pretty sure it's first. I think it's the latter. Yeah. I think I, the former, sorry. I think it's, it's, you just start doing it and who cares because it's not about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, this is something that I love to do that. And, and I actually, you know, I do have a lot of feelings and opinions and thoughts that go through my mind. And whenever I've read something that somebody else has written that I've been thinking about, it's so helpful. Like you said, like you read something about connection and correction. And you know what? I want to, maybe, maybe somebody reads it and it helps them. It's like, I think we should also think about it like that. Like it is a service. And it's the only way that humans connect, you know? What I do is I, it has worked for me, but at the same time, sometimes it doesn't. I'll tell you why. So what I do is every time that somebody like replies to my blog post or will send me a nice tweet or something about my work and how it has impacted them, I'll save it or I'll take a screenshot and I'll put it in a a folder in my Dropbox called Feel Good Box. And Mm -hmm. it helps me to... to remember that I am, even if it's, you know, sometimes I'll get two replies to my email. Sometimes one time I got like 60, you know, it just depends on what topics relate, you know, resonate with different people. But it helps me to remember that just keep putting things out there and you are helping, but it doesn't work for me sometimes because I forget. And every time I'm feeling that self doubt, 
is when I don't check it <laughs> when I need it the most. I know. I know. It's human nature. I don't know what it is it's that we want to do that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what a creative low feels like to you. Like what, what constitutes a creative low, a lack of ideas or difficulty, you know, um, executing an idea or a lack of sales or likes, like what is it right now that makes you feel low? I think it's when I'm too obsessed with something and I'm, and I have it so in my head that I want to do this one thing. Like when I put myself in a box instead of just, just like being free and letting it happen. And I can tell you, I had a couple of days ago, I had a day like that where I, you know, right now, the thing that I really would love to learn how to do better is hand lettering with a brush. So I can do it with a pen and with a pen, it actually looks nice. And I've always loved my own handwriting, so I'm happy with it. But with a brush, I love, I want to be able to do things that are more colorful and you know, I just like brush lettering and it doesn't look the way I want it to. And it's so frustrating, but I'm putting myself in this brush box. Like it has to look exactly like these other people that I've been looking at. And why doesn't it come out like that? And, you know, something that I have seen is, you know, practice makes perfect. So if I keep practicing, it'll work out, but I have to just let it, I just have to let go of it and like not make it feel like, okay, if it doesn't look like that right now, it doesn't mean that if I don't practice, it won't. It doesn't mean that I won't find my own way of brush lettering that is mine, you know? So I think it's when you put yourself sort of, for me at least, it's when I put myself in this box where it's like, I have to do this thing exactly like this. So I think the ideas piece, because what happens is I actually do have ideas of things that I'd like to try or do, but I won't do them because I'm obsessed with this one other thing that I'm trying to achieve. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what do you do to combat that? I like actually, I stop. I just say, okay, I'm not, I just need to stop right now. I need to put this shit away. Sorry. Am I allowed to say bad words? You're, I don't know. Do it, bro. Do it. <laughs> I just put it away and I'm just like, I take a breather, you know? And I'm just like, I just need to stop for now. And maybe it's, maybe that stopping takes an hour, maybe it takes a day, you know, maybe it takes whatever. I just stop for a while. Cause I'm a firm believer that when you hold on to something too hard, you, you just kill it, you know? And so I try, you know, I have to, I have to like, let it, let it be free. I have to just let it flow. So when I stop it, like, and I do something else and maybe I call my mom and I listen to her for a while and I talk to her and I, sit with Lucas and I play with him and I focus on somebody else, I'm able to let go of that. And I'm able to just, you know, just then remember that I'm doing this for enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been reading this book that honestly it's great, but sometimes reading on a Kindle isn't, doesn't serve me because I look and it says 33% done. I I'm know. like, what? I have been reading forever. <laughs> I hate that. But, I hate um, that. This book is called Your Brain at Work. And it's oh. really, it, it's, it's a study of how the brain reacts to certain stimuli and how we can change or improve our reactions to be more productive, to be more, you know, all these kinds of things. And one of the, the chapters that I just finished was about 
that specifically like letting go and taking a breather. It was a chapter about somebody was trying to come up with uh, a brand name for something. And she was kind of going through, she was following like one line, like one idea, and it wasn't getting her anywhere. And she kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And then what they do in the book is they explain how taking a break and doing anything else kind of puts your guard down so that ideas come back. And then once you go back to it, and that's why they say that taking a walk is so helpful as well. Yeah. Running used to be amazing for me. I, I don't run anymore, but when I would run, I would get all these ideas and I'd be like on the treadmill because in Nicaragua, I don't know. I'm not a fan of running outside in Nicaragua. So I'd be on the treadmill and then trying to like write, jot down an Evernote, like three words, like balloon, mindfulness, book. And then like somebody expecting myself to remember what that meant later when I was writing. But they say that definitely it's proven that taking a breather and doing something unrelated to what you were trying to do will lead you to more creativity in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've seen it happen. I used to see it happen when I worked in an office and it didn't, it didn't only relate to creativity. It was, you know, sometimes you just have a task that is in your face and that you don't, for some reason, it's just not coming out. It's just not working. You just need to walk away. You need to walk away. And you know, when it's warmer here, I do sometimes I just grab Lucas and I'm like, we're just leaving. We're just going to leave and go. And we just take a walk. We breathe. Fresh air is amazingly helpful. And then that, like you say, I think letting your guard down is a big deal. I think because then you also have to, then it also reminds you like, this is just painting. This is just, this is just that it's not, it's not going to define anything. It doesn't mean, you know, it's not, you know, nobody's dying. Nobody is, you know, it's not this ultimatum. It's just, it's just what it is. And you, it, it like right sizes it. It's know? like saying uh, that one of the final pages in uh, Liz Gilbert's Big Magic is like your creativity is no big deal. And it is a big deal, but it's no big deal, but it is a big deal. You know, it's like holding <laughs> those two ideas in your mind at the same time. It's just painting, but it's important to me but it's just yeah. painting, you know? So what's next for Pink Fries and for Consuelo? Tell us. For Pink Fries, I think, like I said, I'm trying to learn more brush lettering. I don't know. I, I've maybe, maybe working on some more simple designs. I actually want to want to have a baby children sort of section. I don't really have any products right now that are, that are for kids. Um, and having a son, I think about it a lot. Like I'd like to have cards with his name that are for him. You know, I'd like to have, so that's something that I've been thinking that I want to add to my, to my things. And, um, so that's for, that's what I'm thinking about next for that. And for myself, I mean, God, I, it's just, just enjoying it. Just continue enjoying it. Just whenever I want to try something new, not holding myself back because I'm afraid because I'm afraid that it's not going to be as good as somebody else is doing it because I'm afraid that there's so many of these in the world. Why do I have to add mine? You know, just letting, just doing it anyway. Um, not letting fear hold me back. I think that's the biggest thing for 2016. I mean, it sounds like you do a good job of that because I know so many people who hold themselves back because they don't have enough skills yet, or they don't have the right training. Like you said, that you didn't go to art school. And it sounds like you kind of didn't give a f 
<laughs> and just did you keep doing your thing your way no big deal and and I think that's I mean that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show because it's it's probably that's a bigger deal than you realize you know what I mean like yeah. I can see that and maybe you don't so much uh, you know what I think I it's it, I, I I believe okay so not to get too serious but I believe in in God I believe in my higher power I believe that when you love something and when it comes from your heart that the universe you know that there's good good vibes come back to you and that's what I have felt has been happening for me you know like this is something that is in my heart it's in my soul I've always had it inside of me and I'm just now letting letting myself express it and it's my most authentic self. It's really 100% raw me. And, and that's why I'm doing it because I know that I have, you know, I have the strength that's coming from, from God that, you know, that I'm going to be okay. You know, if it doesn't become this huge sensation, I'm going to be okay. I'm doing something that just really is a big piece of me and a piece of my heart and my soul. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for being on the show, Consuelo. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You heard it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Consuelo, founder of the Etsy shop Pink Fries Papery. I love that name, Pink Fries. By the way, you can find links to everything we mentioned throughout the show and all of Consuelo's projects over at www.process.show. So check it out for more links on everything we talked about, including the books and everything we mentioned. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed my talk with Consuelo, let me know. I'm Marcinator over on Twitter. That's Marcinator. And I'll be back next Friday with the next episode of Process and more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making. I'm Marcela, your host, and this was Process. Process.